Welcome back to Round Guy Radio. And uh, one of the things that we try to do here at Round Guy Radio is uh, tell people what's great about Iowa. And the number one thing that's great about Iowa is probably our educational system. And we're on the phone with the superintendent of the Kyoto Schools. Superintendent is Henrich. Is that how you say it? Yes, Henrich. I'll just call you Jim from now on because that's easier to say. <laughs> that's fine. Anyway, welcome to the program, Jim. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, you, your school got recognized for some level of excellence. Uh, uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, the, the Department of Education um, puts some things together, which include like our performance on statewide assessments, uh, graduation rates, a survey, a condition of learning survey that the students take, and then they measure the growth of each of our kids in those uh, statewide assessments. They put it into a formula. And then they give uh, schools uh, kind of a label, and the high school was labeled as commendable, which means we were well above the state average, which is always good news. And our elementary was right at the state average, and they were labeled as acceptable. But in both cases, our, our scores have gone up the last three years, so we're pretty proud of that. Well, so is the community. T- tell our listeners where Kyoto is, what kind of community is, and maybe some of the other communities that your school district serves. Uh, well, we serve Kyoto and Harper a little town to the west of Kyoto. We're located between Sigourney and Washington, just off about two miles north of uh, Highway 92. Um, I always say we're 45 miles southwest of Iowa City, which is about a nice quick trip to go watch the Hawkeyes. So um, as far as the schools, we, the districts we serve, the towns, it's uh, like I said, Kyoto and Harper. Town of about a thousand. Okay, so uh, what size of school district is it? Uh, about 350 kids is what our certified enrollment was, and that's PK-12. So uh, tell us about, uh, tell, tell me about your, your farmer's home, uh, your FFA program. I, I hear it's an excellent program. Very, very, very good. Um, probably about 65, 70 kids involved. Um, they do a lot of service projects. Uh, we've performed well at stage competitions um they have a huge uh, plant sale that the kids love or the community loves and the kids love to put on it's also during the um uh, that road trip where you go around to different uh, businesses in the southeast iowa area and they have lots of people stop by and buy their their hanging plants and their little flowers you want to plant um zach jameson runs that program our ag teacher this is his fourth year um it's important in a small town. It's important in, in Kyoto to have a strong FFA program, and he definitely does. So do you think it helps the, the, the future farmers of America learn the skills and the, the business side of things that they're going to need to know to prepare them to be better farmers? Yes, definitely. They just had their awards night uh, a week ago Friday, and um, kids did a great job running their, you know, the meetings. They, they follow parliamentary procedure. They they talked about what they accomplished this year. Like I said, we did very well at state levels of competitions. And then they always get to go to the state convention and the national convention. That's always fun for the kids. They get to do a little sightseeing when they're there. But, uh, yeah, it does prepare them. And we have a lot of kids, obviously, that are going to go into the ag-related businesses or fields. So, uh, yeah, it's good It's good. Good training for them. Do, do, do you guys still teach welding in, in that? He does a little bit of welding, a little bit of construction. Um, and then we, if we don't have, if after they take our classes, they can either go to Indian Hills or Kirkwood for, uh, if they want to continue 
taking those welding or construction classes. Well, we're gonna we're gonna have to take a trip all the way down the ladder, I guess. But I want to start at the top with the ladder, and I want to talk about opportunities. You know, welding is is just like one of the most highest demand skills that a person can have. You know, uh, you know, what opportunities do you have that are you know, maybe college level, you know, maybe some college entrance exams and maybe some college programs, maybe some, some pre-college type stuff, and then just kind of work your way down the ladder, you know, all the way down to, to kindergarten uh, and just give us kind of an overview about the school and, and what kind of opportunities they're providing. Well, um, the college uh, classes we have, we've had one, one student last year went down to Oklahoma to Tulsa to a welding school and he graduated in like nine months. Um, he had taken the classes through Indian Hills uh, his senior year. Uh, we have a student this year who's just graduated yesterday was our commencement, and uh, he'll go to Indian Hills for welding. And it is a it is an occupation where you can pretty much name where you want to live and what you want to. I, mean, I don't know about make, but you can make a good wage. Um, so we we have kids that are you know going into the trades. We also have kids that are going into pharmacy after they graduate. Uh, education. Sports training management, uh, physical therapy, all sorts of things. So, as far as the school and what, what opportunities we have, I think it's just the fact that uh, it's hands-on. As far as we know, the kids very, very well. We know the families. We have those relationships built, um, so we can have those conversations that um, are pretty frank sometimes because they know that we're both trying to do what's best for the kid. Um, and that starts at a you know, low level too, all the way up up through the through the ranks. So, um, Kyoto is a, a community that loves their school. Um, they'll do anything for this school, and they have. And um, I think we we put out a pretty good product when everything's said and done. So, so just tell us about uh, the high school. You know, what 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 areas maybe uh, you know have you improved at? What you know. I'm talking about the science, the math, the reading, you know, how, how we do it on, in this, the, the, the educational part of the school. Well, with the student profile, I mean, it shows that we're doing above the state average. We're do, we can always do better, but um, we perform pretty well on that. A lot of that has to do with good faculty, good parents, good families, good students that want to do well. Um, we have really improved our access to technology. This is my fifth year I'm just finishing, so... We've, um, each student has access to an individual device, whether it's a Chromebook or a laptop at the high school or elementary iPads at the lower level and Chromebooks at the upper level. So that's helped learning, especially when we were, you know, coming out of the pandemic and trying to catch kids up. So when you put all that into perspective, I'm very happy with, with um, our results because, you know, March of 2020, the world kind of changed and uh, I, we haven't completely made up that learning gap, but we've made some pretty big strides in that area, and that's a credit to our, like I said, our, our town, our students, our staff, um, well, if they want to do well. I would certainly think that the citizens of Iowa feel like the school systems in Iowa handled the uh, the the pandemic as as good as possible, and that they yeah. had the, they minimized the. Uh, the damage, because there's no way you could do, go through that. I mean, you just can't have a kid really not in class for no, six months and, and then not have it affect their education, you know. And, and there's, then, there's no class in your superintendent training that talks about school closure for three months in the middle of a year because of a global pandemic. So you just kind of you lean on other superintendents. You talk about, you know, we had weekly Zoom meetings with superintendents and just 
bounce ideas off each other. You keep your board informed. You keep your staff informed. And uh, keep, the main thing is keep your focus on what we're here for when they do come back, because they are going to come back. And uh, I think we've I think we've handled it as well as we as we possibly can, because like I said, there's no manual for the right and wrong way to do it. So do you, do you feel like the in-person learning and the getting back there has uh, maybe accelerated the recovery? I think so. Yeah, it's always, that's always better than, than distance learning. And we did ask some, a few, probably less than 10, that chose the distance learning when we came back last fall and, uh, well, would have been 2020, the fall of 2020. And by the end of the first semester, I'm going to say almost all of them were back in the building because they, the parents figured out that this isn't the right thing. And it's not the easiest thing. So, yes, definitely face-to-face. And that goes back to what I said earlier where we know the kids. The kids know the teachers. The teachers know they can respond really quick when they know that this kid's having trouble with this concept. So, yeah, face-to-face is definitely the the best method. And, uh, you know, uh, the parents are, are, you know, happy the kids are back in school so they don't have to to find, you know, someone to care for them while they're at work and cause all these other problems. And the fact that you guys are reliable like that is probably the reason why you have this much community support, isn't it? Let's talk about the community support for the school system. We have uh, have our athletic boosters, which have helped us with numerous projects, uh, scoreboards and uh, things for the baseball field, uh, uniforms. We have um, a PTO, which is basically a, a kindergarten through sixth grade organization, but they've been very helpful with little celebrations for the staff or helped us buy some technology for the students we have um, a foundation that they just gave out about uh, i'm going to say 25 to thirty thousand dollars in scholarships but the first part of may um that's all they, they we meet monthly and they they run everything and the kids apply for a scholarship and if you apply you're going to get something and then we have a group called the advocates Kyoto advocates which were I think I want to say they started like five, six years ago. They were here before, they were around before I got here. And they have helped us uh, uh, write grants. For example, our student center here at the high school used to be full of lockers running back and forth. And they came in, got a grant from the from Riverside, and then we had to match some of it. They came in, took out all the lockers, put down new flooring, opened it all up, put in new lockers around the outside. Uh, tables, big screen TV, and it's a really neat uh, environment. They've helped us with, uh, we replaced all of our cafeteria tables with with some logo tables, and it's just a little bit more inviting. They've helped us with technology. They also helped us remodel two kindergarten rooms this past fall. Uh, last That was last summer. So lots of groups, and like I said earlier, if you need something, Somebody in Kyoto will find it for you or help you get to where you need to go to find it. So uh, lots of support. And then if we ever need anything, you know, like you mentioned welding, if our teacher needs some scrap metal, there's a business here in town that always provides that for us, Rayman. So um, just like I said, they they want the school to do well and they expect it to do well, which is what you want. So uh, very, very positive, supportive community. Well, I think that's essential. And, uh, you know, I've gone. You mentioned some sporting events. You know, I've gone to some supporting some sporting events. I, I saw the the Sigourney uh, game at Kyoto basketball game, and it was just wall to wall with people. Well, from both schools, you know, yep. Sigourney had as many people there as Kyoto did. You know, yep. but but this whole this district, this community, uh, 
and counties and the counties that surround you, they really care about education, don't they? Yes, they do. Because um, it's it's the foundation for what you're going to do the rest of your life. If you, you know, that's just the first step is that high school diploma. I mean, that's not our that's not our end goal. That's our goal is to open those doors. That after graduation, here's here's some options that, that you can take advantage of. So, yeah, it's very important. And like you said, to all small towns and, and small communities with uh, kids that they want to see be successful. So, uh, tell me a little bit about. Okay, let's talk about the middle school. What what grades are those at your school? Well, I'm actually the superintendent and high school principal. High school principal means I'm principal of the grade seven through twelve. That's at the high school. And then the elementary is PK through six. Um, so basically, if you say middle school, you're talking seventh and eighth grade, but they're also in the same building with the ninth through twelfth graders. You know, uh, Pekin does that. Does the uh, another school in here? You know, they have everything all in one building, and it centralized yeah. things. And I think that's uh, always been a good policy. You know, to keep us so you're not running, you know, buses and everything all kinds of different yeah. directions all the time. So yeah. I think that's a, that's right. Now, I really like what you guys did to open up some more room, you know, that was uh, uh, make it make it better and maybe put those lockers in a better situation. And it was a, a, a community taxpayer business right. combined effort that worked, you know, a real positive for And I think that's a that's a kind of innovation that the community really appreciates, you know, out right. of our schools. Well, I guess. Uh, well, well, real quick, tell me about that seventh and eighth grade year. How how are we helping the the kids transition towards this, uh, you know, high school education and maybe develop for a higher education or a skill or something? Well, they also take that statewide assessment so we can monitor their growth and, and areas that they need to improve on as they go through high school. But seventh and eighth grade is a year years, I guess, or grades where you're kind of. And most schools do this. We have exploratory classes like ag. Uh, music, not music, excuse me, art, Spanish, um, and they rotate through three or four or five of those classes called exploratories. Maybe they can find their niche or their, their interest. And so when they get into high school, they know, I'd kind of like to take these classes or these classes I really enjoy. Um, but it's, again, it's a foundation. I mean, I, so I tell kids all the time, I said, no, well, no one's going to see your junior middle school grades, but they are going to see did you develop the work ethic and the and the consistency so when you get into high school you don't have to learn it all over again you got you've got those good habits in place yeah i think those are those are real important to develop if we're going to develop functioning good healthy young men and women you know to you know hopefully some of them will stay in our community you know and continue to to continue that cycle but uh, you know also be really proud to see where some of these uh, other kids go and what other opportunities bring bring uh, to us. So let's let's talk a little bit about the grade school. How does the grade school prepare? Uh, pre- or how are they preparing our young men and women for tomorrow? It's just well, one thing that we've done there. Uh, we've adopted a reading curriculum that everybody's following K through six. So that builds on on each grade from kindergarten to first, first to second, so on and so forth. Um, so that develops those skills. And again, we can identify needs where they might lack or hey this kid's really got this so we can we can accelerate this person or this student in this area um and it's just the you know just the the day-by-day skills of uh, responsibility uh we we're a big pbis school um at the elementary positive behavior supports um a counselor does a great job Uh, we interviewed for an elementary principal position and 
all of them asked the staff what what is one thing you're most proud of and every one of them and in that each interview said we're like a family here we, we've got each other back we care about the kids we're the same with the kids that's why we're here so um yeah they just they prepare them to bring them over here and you'd be surprised how big of a shock it is coming from the elementary to here it's only about 70 70 yards but uh for some kids, it's a different thing, so different situation. So we do an orientation in the fall, and we'll do one here in, in the spring too, where they just kind of come over and get their bearings. Um, but it just you just work with each other, and you help build from the previous grade, and and get them to be the best they, they can be. So, uh, what if you have a? Uh, there's two kinds of things that you could, I'm, I'm talking about here. I guess you could have a student that was maybe struggling in, let's just say math. Do you know what I mean? And you have another student that's maybe excelling in math, you know, and I'm not saying that the, the, the kid that's struggling in math not, might be excelling in reading and vice versa. But how do you how do you reach those kids potentials? The one that's good at it, you know, how do we how do we give him enough to do, you know, to keep accelerating his levels while we support that younger the, the, the kid that's struggling a little uh. At the elementary level, we have uh, what we call win time every day where there's interventions or accelerations that they do for 25, 30 minutes a day that each each kid knows where they're going for that time period and there's a teacher or associate assigned to that skill. Um, and then they monitor this. The, the elementary, all elementaries, um, do a lot of progress monitoring and, and they keep track of where those, where those kids are based on the, the state assessments we take. High school level, you know, we have uh, small study halls that we can use. We have teacher availability. We have a tag program that um, um, talented and gifted that has identified those kids that maybe need a little bit extra. Um, but it's not just extra work. It's it's things that they would be of interest. And one of the things we added this year, for example, is a computer science course. And the kids got about seven, eight kids in it, and they've loved it. They went to a couple of competitions and did well um, and then we're going to continue that next year it's going to be required of all districts i think next fall next july 1st 2023 but uh, i had a teacher that wanted to do it and very supportive of it and she's done a good job so that's something that a lot of our accelerated kids have gotten interested in because you're going to use your math skills there well let's talk about all things that aren't academic at your school you know what i mean the automotive programs the music programs the athletic programs and Tell me about maybe some of the kids that are out there uh, showing the school well in state competitions or, or things. Uh, we have a we have Eagle Rock, which is our show choir. Um, they go around to competitions starting in the uh, late fall through the early spring. They do really well um, when they do their performances at the school here. The gym's packed, and um, our fine arts program is in, in good hands with Mrs. Edwards. She also does a school play that's well um, attended. Uh, one of the things when I got here five years ago was our speech program, our large group speech program. And we always say we have about 120 kids in the high school. This year is a little smaller because we, we only had 10 seniors. But um, out of those 120 kids, I'm going to say 65 to 70 of them are in this large group speech program that we have. And they do very well at the state speech level. Um, had a couple to qualify for Allstate this year. So between the music, speech, um, our fine arts programs are in, are in good shape and uh, represent the school well. We don't have an automotive program. Um, we, do, we just have the, the ag program. He does do a little stuff with small engines, but nothing automotive-wise. Um, 
athletically, uh, I think Kyoto's got a long tradition of having strong athletes or strong athletics. Um, uh, girls' numbers are a little low right now, um, but that kind of goes in cycles. But uh, we've done well there. We've had some conference champions um, in basketball. Uh, golf team did well this year. Baseball team's off to a 3-1 and one start. Softball starts tonight. Um, so we're competitive in those sports. Some years, you know, we do really well, and some years we, we don't do as well. But we're, we're always competitive, and we're always um, – improving throughout the year and the main thing is i don't know if you saw this is just a little little thing but our kids were coming back from sheraton the other night um, there was a facebook post of a guy walked in and he was like 29th in line behind all of our baseball players and they all said go up front sir you can go front and pay ahead of us so he posted it on facebook that to me is as important as winning and losing is that the kids are courteous they're they're nice to people, and I think all of our programs uh, reflect that. So, um, And that young man that they let go to the beginning of the line is a, kind of a country and western singer, we found out. He's coming Friday to sing the national anthem. So, yeah, it's a good story. Yeah, I, I heard about that, too, and it looks like it's creating all kinds of a buzz. Now, uh, Round Gut Radio is going to be there to, to cover that game, to cover that event, and to talk to any kind of coaches or or anyone that we want to uh, that that'll want to be up there, and uh, I'm going to have try to bring some of our other personalities. I know Scotty Melvin's going to try to be there. He's a sports director for us, and uh, we because uh, I'm really excited about the baseball season. And you have a, a, a an athlete, an unbelievable athlete. Now, I want to talk about your football combining with uh, Sigourney, and then that's really one of the top programs in the state. So talk yep. about a little bit about that, and then tell me about Colton McClarahan and, and his pitching and what kind of attention he's drawing. He's already getting him a scholarship and everything. Okay. Yeah, we share uh, football, wrestling, bowling, trap shooting uh, with Sigourney, and all those programs have, have, have done well. Uh, football, obviously, last three or four years, I think we've made the semifinals and quarterfinals at least last three years, and um, – it's something that started in the eighties and it is, it's SK football, it's SK Cobras. And, um, it's, it's kind of, I don't want to say funny, but it's, it's my first year. It's kind of, you know, they, the kids sweat and, and work and practice and play together all fall. And then typically in the winter, we play each other like the first two weeks of the basketball season. And it's like, it's like half fields of McCoy's man. It's They're like a blood sport, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> tooth and nail. So, they're, they're teammates in, in the fall, and they're out to they're out to slice each other's throat in the in the winter. It's it's, it's yep, they want to win and uh, very competitive games. And then um, as far as uh, Colton, he was uh, our valedictorian yesterday. Uh, gave a very nice speech. Um, he is going to Southeastern Community College in Burlington. Um, yeah, he's a he's a good baseball player, but he's even a he's even a better person. Very humble and just represents us well. So I think he'll do well down there. He, right now, I think he's in the mid-80s. Um, he did win the game. He threw against uh, Twin Cedars Friday. Uh, they lost the first game against Highland 2-1 to one in seven innings, and he came out in the seventh because of the pitch counts. So that, um, I think they're going to have a good year. Tonight they go to Bell Plain, both boys and girls. So, But he's a nice young man, and I think he's going to do well down at Southeastern. 
Well, and I think, you know, he has a chance to develop. Well, we, I'm going to keep my eye on him. He's got like a golden foot in in football. Yeah, he kicked some field team. goals yep. that were ridiculous, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. He ended up, I think he's first team All-State, Class 1A as a place kicker. Just a good athlete. Um, starting point guard for us. Um, played last year on a team that was loaded with seniors that got beaten in the district finals um, in basketball. So, yeah, he's a good athlete. And like I said, even more important, just a good good person. Well, we've got, a, we've got a couple of school systems that are working together to create excellence. You've got teachers that are working together to create excellence. You've got innovation put to work for you to create excellence. You've got a community support that's helping you create excellence. And uh, this has been an excellent interview. Uh, Jim, was there anything else that we didn't get to talk about that you wanted to talk about? No, I just, like I said, I just want to reiterate that Kyoto uh, is a pretty special place and um, the people here are pretty special people and I think we we do a a really good job um, putting out a a good finished product and um, we're proud to be Eagles. Well we're we're very happy that you you spent some time with us. Uh, I know uh, we have listeners all over the state and we have lots and lots of listeners in uh, in the school district that you're in and uh, all the surrounding areas and we have such good schools don't we? Yes we do. Yep. I mean and uh, it's, you know, it's you just take a handful of corn and throw it in any direction. You got a good school in Iowa, don't you? I think so, yep. Um, for my, my personal background, I'm much more comfortable in a small school setting like this. Well, tell me a little uh, something about yourself before I let you go. Oh, uh, well, I started teaching in Missouri back in the late 80s. I uh, graduated from Morningside College in Sioux City. Uh, from Missouri, I went to Guthrie Center for five years, and then I was in Jefferson Scranton for seven. Then I got into administration at Webster City, and all those schools were a little bit bigger, and Webster City just didn't, was a little bit too big for me. It was about five, 600 in the high school. So then I went to uh, West Marshall State Center for 10 years, and then from there I went to Gowrie, which is now called Southeast Valley. It was the first year of their whole grade sharing, Southeast Webster Grand and Prairie Valley, and that was that was very rewarding bringing two districts together as a high school principal that I didn't know anybody and that didn't matter where you're from. And I think that helped the transition and uh, now they're reorganized. And then I've been in Kyoto the last five years as a superintendent and high school principal. So um, kind of been all over the, all over the state, but all the places I've been, I've really enjoyed and I truly enjoy being at Kyoto. Well, Kyoto is a, a beautiful town. Uh, people keep their yards and, and everything up so nice. There's so many beautiful homes and such rich farmland. And what about a, how, what about a, about as hardworking a community as you could ever be a part of, isn't it? Definitely, definitely. Um, that's that pride I talk about. Uh, they have pride in the school, pride in their community. Um, they've got some projects that they're doing to even make it uh, more uh, beautiful, as you said, and um like all small, all like a, and if it, all schools or all districts, we struggle with daycare. But there's, we got some plans in the works that we're going to try to get something done there. But uh, no, they're very proud of their community, and they should be. Yeah, there's a lot of community effort around here to to create more uh, daycare, and there's some programs from the USDA to the federal to the state local levels to help make it happen. I think that'll happen. We're just about out of time, but but uh, how can our how can our uh, listeners follow your school system and your football teams and and all that, you know, like maybe some websites, maybe some, uh, maybe some, you know, videos or something that we could know or social media. Uh, well, our website is www. 
kyota.k12.ia.us. Uh, we're also on Facebook, both elementary and high school. You just search Kyoto Elementary or Kyoto High School. Um, and then our Twitter account is at Kyoto Eagles, which I run. And I think we're up to about 260 followers, so I try to put stuff out there um, as much as I can. Same with Facebook. And then um, SK Cobras is our football Twitter page, um, which gets a lot of following. So um, and there is an FFA Twitter page, Kyoto FFA. So those are just some options to follow. Well, I hope you've enjoyed uh, learning a little bit about the Kyoto school system. Uh, thank you, Jim, for being on the program. Thank you. This has been Round Guy Radio with news you can use that won't give you the blues. And thanks for listening.